Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and that just so happens to be my name. Ain't that the truth? And today we have a lot to talk about. Seems to always be the case right. in yeah. today's climate. It, it Life itself continues to give us very, very uh, important things to talk about and to touch on. Yeah, and, and of course today is no exception. Um, you know, we haven't been able to do it just yet, uh, but, uh, well, first off, happy Halloween, everyone. Let me start off on a, on a positive note here. Hope everyone is safe and has a good time out there. Um, if you're going to do whatever you're going to do, stay safe. Um, but for today's show, we need to discuss something that we've hadn't been able to touch on just yet. Um, and I want to talk about ice cube and ice cubes working with the Trump administration and what that means. Um, another thing I want to touch on, of course, is uh, Walter Wallace Jr. Um, if you don't know, he is a young man who was killed by police um, a few days ago in Philadelphia. Um, I want to say they shot him maybe eight or ten times, something like that. Um, there's more to the story, of course, so stick around. We're definitely going to touch on that and, and a couple other things. But first order of business this is a homegrown story that made national news, at least homegrown for, for Q and, and myself uh, being from Phoenix, um, or rather from Arizona. Uh, we're going to talk about a realtor in Scottsdale, a neighboring city here uh, to Phoenix in Arizona. A realtor who uh, declared himself to be openly racist. And I think that it, it kind of, I think this story really illuminates how folks can carry some really strange sentiments and really hateful and hurtful sentiments and you not even know it. Um, it Prou- and proudly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before I get into telling the story, I want to tell you a little bit about the background of Arizona and the folks that live here. So Arizona is still very much the Wild West. Arizona is one of those places that you can walk around with a gun on your hip or wherever you want to carry it openly where everyone can see it and be intimidated or afraid of it and no one will do a thing. Um, Now, there's lots of places they can do that. This is the United States. There is the Second Amendment. But um, Arizona is very much one of those places and there is this there's still this this cowboy energy um in the way uh in 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 the in the way of like almost like cowboys versus indians um these aren't the cowboys that are the heroes in everyone's mind these are the cowboys that are the heroes in their own mind now in arizona if you're not familiar there's very much in certain parts of the state and the and the city in phoenix where we live and in old town um, Scottsdale, very much a celebration of native culture, native history, um, just the lay of the land. You, you can't really get away from it. It's beautiful, and lots of folks really appreciate the aesthetic. Um, but in terms of the the architecture, in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of the attitudes, um, it's very much a celebration of cowboys conquering the land you know frontiersmen pioneering the west and taking over lands and staking their claim etc and i think that that energy still persists to this day 
Um, and the reason I wanted to tell you that is so you understand the backdrop for the story of this racist realtor. Now, if you haven't seen the video, I implore you to watch it. You can check out civiccipher.com um, or you can check out any of our social media at civiccipher. Um, the video is still up and you'll see um, an Asian man approaching a black man and they have it out. But for those who haven't seen the video, I'll paint a picture for you. Um, there are there's one black man who's being filmed by another black man. Um, and there, it, there are the, the young man is a social media um, influencer, if you will, or a, a big YouTuber. Sure, sure. So he's just capturing some content for his channel, for okay. his IG, for his social media. Right, right. Um, and this is this is important to the story. He's he just moved to Arizona. My understanding is he moved recently to Arizona to Scottsdale from Michigan. That's important to the story. Um, but I want to take a sidebar real quick. Lots of folks come here from Detroit, Michigan, or Michigan at large estate. Uh, Q is one of those people. Indeed. And I know that when you come to Arizona from Michigan, it's a whole new world like Aladdin and Princess Jasmine. There's no better way to explain it than that. It's a whole new world just like Aladdin and just like Princess Jasmine. Gentlemen. So, taking pictures... It should be normal for someone who comes from a place like that. Reflex like this, exactly. not even not e- sub like not even something that you have to think about. As soon as you, oh my goodness, what is exactly? Grab a picture. So, um, and I I, w- I want to further suggest um, to anybody think in your own mind if these two men were not black, if they were less melanated, they would be regarded as tourists taking photos. Full stop. But because they're black, um, the I think the ready assumption uh, from the Asian man that's that that's not necessarily important to the story, but it helps to distinguish the two parties involved. Um, regards them as criminal. I think largely because they're melanated, um, or only because they're melanated, as you'll find out as the story goes. So what happens is um, these guys are minding their business, taking their pictures, or doing their videos, or whatever, and they get approached by. Uh, the older Asian man who walks up to them and asks them what they're doing. They respond, you know, uh, we're taking pictures, but why are you taking pictures of us? Leading us, the viewer, to believe that the Asian man had been taking pictures of them prior to his walking up to them. Um, Afterwards, uh, the Asian man suggests something like, well, we've had some trouble around here. You know, something like that. And he's and you know, do you guys live out here? And the guys say, yeah, we live here. You know, we're not, we live here, we're doing fine. And then says back to the Asian man, you're aware that, you know, of all these stories happening with uh, white folks harassing black folks for no reason. And, um, and he says, all these racist white folks. He says something like that. And the Asian man says, well, I'm racist. Never heard anything like that before. He's just so calm about it. But yes, if you watch the video, he says it, sure enough. Proclaimed it. Yeah. And then afterwards, uh, declares Scottsdale to be a either a inward free zone or a no... A no inward zone. Yeah. And he didn't say inward. He hit it with the hard R. The hard 
er er there you go so when you see this this video um if you're black it hits how it hits you know it's, it's that that video is not gonna be the first time you hear that word in your life if, if your parents did right by you to prepare you for it so you have the mental fortitude to endure um those sorts of situations but um if you're not a black person hearing someone wield that word so freely um you know maybe maybe you're used to it maybe it happens in your family or maybe you're appalled and you didn't realize that someone would just walk up to a black person and just say that to them um but that's what happened and uh the the gentlemen that were getting the content for their channel um for the most part kept their composure didn't get physical or anything like that but they obviously had to exchange some words told the old guy to walk away um and then they went and filmed the river outpost uh store or something like that um and leading us to believe that 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 guy worked at the river outpost or river store whatever and and to be clear he gave them the impression that that's that's where he worked that that was his place of business sure um so i do want to say to everyone listening that if you watch the video the river place is not where this guy works um but they do still need to really check their position on that blue shirts matter flag they have hanging up in the window um but uh he it turned out that he worked at sotheby's yeah okay worked past tense past tense worked um so before we get into that i want to ask you q when you first saw that what went through your head initial confusion um the, the perpetrator the 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 gentleman who's no longer employed is an asian man in america and the measuring of plights the comparison of wrongdoings is needless but there are several groups of people historically that have been treated bad by this country and for another minority to adopt that position is always confusing i don't know if it comes from hate or misinformation or ignorance or a combination of the three Um, but it always catches me off guard and and i think that's what gave that's what helped that young man not respond in a far worse way because you kind of have to laugh to yourself like man so another brainwashed one huh right right like i understand the position of the oppressor like they're the oppressor they benefit largely from this but from someone who's also been under the thumb to think this way they got you you brain you brainwashed it's cool i forgive you i should punch you in your face but i forgive you isn't that crazy that he didn't actually the fact that he didn't even really raise his voice excuse me in response impressed me yeah because i don't know that i could have maintained the calm in that way and if i did putting myself in that position it would have to be from that it's not your fault you know the forgive them for they know not what they do kind of thing like oh man they they got you too huh poor guy more feeling sorry from him for him than enraged by him so there's something that a lot of folks um thankfully will never fully be able to appreciate and that black folks have a special appreciation of appreciation is not the best word in this 
uh, case, but we're going to roll with it. And that is the weight of the N-word. Um, when it's on the lips of someone who is not black, and you are black, that is something that you can... There, there's almost like a tactile component there. You can feel that in a way that almost translates to like physical pain. It's weapon. It's definitely weaponized. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, now those things need to be in place because uh, we'll say, for instance, if Q were to say something like that to me, um, and you understand, you know, that's uh, between the two of us, given the right intonations and the right relationship or you know a lot of times you don't even need a relationship um it just sounds familiar and familial but you know change one little bit about it and it becomes you know something that uh, again just kind of elicits a response that is very difficult to put into words and i understand that a lot of folks who are not black have a difficult time understanding why a word could matter so much and i want to take a moment to to talk about that and and to get your thoughts on it as well q but for myself what i want to say is if i knew nothing else um and i was raised in an environment where that word didn't exist and then all of a sudden I heard it, it wouldn't, wouldn't matter to me at all. The word itself does not have magic powers. It's not a, a, a call to black folks. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't cause melanin to, you know, respond at, at, at the frequent, you know, nothing like that. Um, but I think that, at least for me, understanding that people human beings who wore this beautiful color that god or the universe or whatever it is you choose to believe in chose to paint me to know that that was the last word that many of them heard during their lifetime as they were ripped apart by horses As they were um, set on fire. Um, and on and on. I'm not going to get into that. That's heavy. But to know that. To know that I am the product. I'm the result of a proud group of people. Where that word was deliberately wielded over them. To keep them oppressed. To, uh, in, in a lot of ways... The people wielding that word really took it as truth that that these were, in fact, ignorant people. And I don't know if you're listening to my voice right now or not, but you can tell that I'm not an ignorant person. You might not be able to tell that I'm black as as Vanta black <laughs> midnight. Ace of spades black. You know, that's how we do over here. But um, I will say that it's very important to know that. Um. At least for me, in my home, that is not a word 
that we use uh, in jest or in a familiar capacity or not. Um, That's not a word that my sons hear because I don't see in words when I look at my children. I see kings. Um, But I also recognize that it's up to them and everyone who gets to wear this pretty color that God chose to paint me to decide how they want their um, story to be written and how they want that word to be chronicled in their lives. And so while I can't dedicate a whole show to just one word, I do want to take that moment to explain to folks who might not get the gravity of it, at least a little bit of that gravity in my life. What do you think? I think there is too much nuance to it for us to cover it all. Sure. Um, there are there are other examples of, of words that were meant to harm, meant to hurt, meant to insult, being co-opted by the person who was supposed to be insulted by it. Like the way that women use the B word. Sure. To to and with each other as almost a term of endearment now. Sure. Uh, whereas in once once upon a time you couldn't levy a heavier insult than that. Um, again, the way that it's said and who says it matters. Absolutely. Um, so I won't I won't take up too much of our time because there is so much nuance. We would almost have to we would almost have to have an entire show about that, which I don't want to do. Um, I don't know, man. My family is from the south. My mother's from Macon, Georgia, Bibb County, Georgia. Talk to him. Um, <laughs> the South, South. Yeah, man. And you and I, we did a show about our our experiences in Mississippi. Imagine that tone, that accent, and that voice wielding that word towards us, and how much different it would feel than when a rapper says it in a song. A lot of people like to point to, well, well why do they say it, and, and how come they say it, and they shouldn't say it. And those opinions vary and, you know, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Like I said, there's far too much nuance and I don't have the time to really dig into it the way that I should. But the, the word has in a familiar form been co-opted by those who were supposed to be insulted by it and flipped to a term of endearment in the way that, you know, your favorite female rapper will call herself a bad B word as a big up or a compliment to herself when you know the word was intended to be a, a, a an insult um, and how people he- feel when they hear it varies from person to person so you know it's a conversation to be had but um that's a big one there is a very very tangible feeling oh yeah to hearing that word used the way that man used it even when he's not talking to you because he is yeah because that's, he is talking to you. That's how you paint with broad strokes. You know what I mean? So, well, um, to continue with the story, um, you know, us, uh, you know, we have a little bit of a community here in Phoenix, uh, black folks and allies, um, a- as most cities do. And so we got to, uh, we got to hold the video and we got to share in that video. And then, um, you know, some of the, the bigger platforms, Sean King, TMZ, uh, on and on and on. Everyone started sharing that video. And uh, personally, I happen to know some folks that work for the um, Arizona 
board of realtors or some something like some important real realtor association here in Arizona. Um, but I have a friend that works uh, very closely with them, and so um, I found out early on when the River Trading Post said that um, you know he didn't work there that he actually worked for Sotheby's, which is a uh, luxury real estate agency. Um, yeah, if, I guess. You've, if you've been to Arizona, Scottsdale, Phoenix, if you ride from Phoenix east on Camelback, almost every sign you see for every nice home that you see will be this particular company. So um, they immediately denounced that behavior um, and put up a bunch of multicultural photos of their employees <laughs> And they fired him immediately and then came back with the second post saying that they uh, recommended uh, that his real estate license be revoked. So I was not the only person looking to ensure that his license was revoked. I got back word a little early that it was revoked. And then I heard that he had been arrested for disorderly conduct. Um, And so for those of us who believe that we are all brothers and sisters on this planet um, in this country, in this city, um, or in your city, wherever you are listening to this, um, you know, we, we, we'll call that a win. You know, um, I do believe that there should be forgiveness built into every um, conversation. A lot of folks disagree with me there, but um, I think in this story, I'll call it a win because this man didn't lose his life. And he got a chance to learn a lesson. And what's more important is that people who maybe feel the way that he feels understand now perhaps a little further than they did in the past that maybe there are some consequences if you get caught doing the wrong thing the the very interesting thing that you uh, unintentionally left out is that him approaching them on its face is not a crime him approaching them Him being a racist, him just approaching them because they're black, him expressing that he thinks there might be a problem, of course, because they're black. Um, All of that's fine. It's the use of that word that made it criminal. Yeah. That's important to point out. Yeah. Uh, Especially because there are places. You can't do that. Where they're still trying to make hate crimes, actual crimes. It's not uh, illegal to do a hate crime or it's not classified as a hate. Crime. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe the classification might need some some specification. But the use of that word is what made his actions criminal, not Indeed. just him being a jerk. Indeed. So, um, again, happy ending there. And uh, well, as as. As happy an ending as you can expect, given the circumstances, you know, everyone walked away. Everything's good. Lesson learned, hopefully by not just the man who lost his job, but by, again, folks who were would observe that sort of thing. And, you know, like the other companies around there, they recognize, hey, you know what? These guys are better allies. These guys, meaning black folks and black allies are better allies to us and our our interest as a business than you know, enemies and maybe they might rethink their blue shirts matter stance and et cetera. Um, but we got to have that conversation one day too. Oh uh, yeah. No, it, it'll come. It'll come. We got an election coming up still. So <laughs> oh, man. We'll see where the chips lie. I'm not looking forward to that. That's next week, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, it's this coming week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. This, this coming yeah. week. So, um, 
anyway ice cube yeah yeah let's talk about it um if you are like me um you grew up listening to ice cube um and ice cube was the coolest and he was mr f the police and how about that yeah from there to here sure (laughs) sure wow and on and on and um you know then he made his family movies and so forth and you know he pops up every so often but you know he, he remember he did that he had a time where he was like doing the warp tour and he was like on stage with all the rock and roll guys and he was trying to play in that field a little bit um but you know he's he's big enough and he's from california and i'm from i was born in california i, I call myself from phoenix but um i was born in california and so he was always very much a hero in, in my book well, that very same Ice Cube um, put together some sort of resolution. Forgive me, I, I'm normally not this unprepared, but I forget the name of it. Contract with Black America. That's why I keep you around, because you know stuff. Anyway, um, so Ice Cube has this contract with Black America, and he's working with the Trump administration. Um, and... <laughs> that's on its face sounds ridiculous because ice cube is oh, one of the heroes man. that would really speak you know ice cube is muslim you know and and muslims are one of the first groups that that donald trump insulted you know um and ice cube is one of the first groups he insulted as president he started insulting black people oh long, yeah in the 70s long yeah. time ago <laughs> i think it was he came out the wound and that was probably long time ago <laughs> right after he started crawling Anyway, um, you know, so uh, long story short, Ice Cube is the one person that you don't imagine would end up working with Donald Trump. Especially because he said it. Yes. He self. He he self. Yeah. Said it. Now. That he would never. Now. um, Well, let me let me hear your thoughts on this first. So here's problem real one. quick, real quick, real quick. If you're just tuning in, this is Civic Cipher. I'm Ramses Ja. My name is Quentin, but they call me Q Ward. And right now we're going to talk about Ice Cube working with the Trump administration. Okay, your thoughts. The idea that black people are a singular monolith community is on its face hilarious to me. Sure. We do not all think, feel, or act the same. So Ice Cube, without even having a meeting with those who would present themselves as more informed, the president of the NAACP, for instance, or someone, the, 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 the former president, Barack Obama, someone who at least by profession spends their time in this field working at least and in part for the black community, because as a singular, I just really think that's short sighted. But if you're going to speak for all of us, how about you sit down with some of us first, right? And then if you're going to present these things as an exchange, we're going to sit at the negotiating table and I'm going to push forth these things that I want. Maybe make sure that the people that you're tearing down haven't already presented those same things, right? Because there's things in this contract with black America that he's presenting to Donald Trump that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden 
have already spoken to. So then you seem incredibly uninformed, incredibly unprepared to present yourself as the leader of said cause. When just simply clicking on Google a couple of, t- couple of times could have made you better prepared. Sure. Um, so there's that first, right? If you're Ice Cube, if you're Ramses Jai, if you're Q Ward. If you're going to speak for all of us, first talk to some of us and then educate yourself so that the stance that you're taking isn't completely off base. Secondly, are we still trying to convince ourselves that this gentleman cares about anyone other than himself? And by this gentleman, I mean our president. Yeah, my president. Like, are you are we sincerely still trying to convince ourselves that there's a slither of decency and that we could actually sit and have a conversation with him that would yield some type of progressive outcome for anyone other than him and people that think like him and people that are very, very well off like him? Because I think once upon a time, people thought that. Right. There were several black celebrities seen in his presence and people thought, well, maybe those people are just trying to get a seat at the table and trying to express themselves and something's going to come of it. We have yet to learn that for him, it's just a photo op. You just give him someone else to point to as an ally to say, hey, look how racist I'm not. Look at my black friend over here. What's your name, black friend? I can't. My African-American. My African-American refers to us as. At some point, we have to. I mean, we, we've been so conditioned to forgive and to turn the other cheek and to look and hope for the best outcomes. And in that way, I think we might be singular as a community. Right. The fact that hundreds of years have passed and there's been no black uprising in the way that we just out here seeking revenge. Because even the Black Panther Party wasn't hitting the streets looking for revenge we were just demanding equality we were demanding your minimums the things that you just automatically assume you're going to get we have to arm ourselves and demand them but that's it even when taking arms and organizing as a militant group we still didn't hit the streets for payback even now we don't spend a lot of time talking about reparations Mostly because I think we just think it's impossible and it's never going to happen. But secondly, because we're not even trying to, (laughs) we don't want you to pay us back. Just let us live. That's all. Black lives matter. That's it. You stop there. There's a period after that. Not black lives are better. Not black lives are more important. Certainly not blue shirts. You know what I mean? We just we just want to matter. Sure. The fact that people even argue the merits of that as an organization or a statement. How on earth is that a controversial thing to say? Crazy. So we're not supposed to be hurt or feel betrayed when someone like Ice Cube, who we've revered and looked up to our whole lives makes this kind of decision because he's just a celebrity and why are we so invested in them but let's be honest we are so invested in them watching ice cube succeed and thrive 
is something that we all take personal. That's why we went to see Friday. We wanted to see his 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 baby in the NWA, and that's movie. why we went to see Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, we we're and proud. shouts to his son, man. He's brilliant. He's incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of these things hurt me. Ice Cube, Fifty Cent, and other people that I know personally having a stance so low pump. <laughs> I said that to be I funny. just almost unplugged my mic Alright so listen Listen I'm being funny I'm being funny um, Well in the case of 50 Cent and Lil Pump What they said While Extremely Nearsighted Shortsighted Selfish Hurtful Was based on The fact that They make so much more Than $400,000 in a year that it was a fiscal position or posture on their part. Right? Yeah, a lot of people voted for this current guy for fiscal financial sure, reasons, sure. right? And my understanding is that the his his opposition Joe Biden will tax only the 400,000 in first dollar and above um heavily. So if you if anybody makes less than that or your first 400 grand, that's that's kind of taxed at the normal rate or the standing rate. And I don't know anything about that stuff but um that that explains 50 cent little pump i do want to talk about ice cube though so um i I, i'm not playing devil's advocate advocate here but i do want to kind of paint a little bit of the other side of the picture because i saw him explain what he was trying to do so uh ice cube said that his Plan. What's the name of it again? Contract with Black America. Very good. Awesome. So the contract with Black America. I'm so glad you know so much more stuff than me. Um, Not true. <laughs> so Ice Cube's contract with Black America, he says, is something that he would have worked or or discussed rather with the Biden campaign as well as the Trump administration, as well as anyone willing to sit down and have that conversation with him. Um, and he says that the Biden administration says, yes, we do want to have that conversation with you. We want to review it. We want to go over it, and et cetera. But um, let's do it after the election. Whereas the Trump campaign had less in the way of a contract with black America and you know, it was convenient. This is me putting it together. He didn't say this. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. He, I'm, I'm putting it together. Donald Trump had to go to Georgia. Um, and my understanding is Georgia sometimes could go this way, sometimes could go that way in terms of how they vote. No, not really. Not really. So it's Georgia, always red. Georgia and Florida. You don't. You don't. T- you don't typically have to wonder which way they're going. Okay. Well, he and I'm go- sure that's not. You know, it's not a hundred percent outcomes, but well, in any event. Uh, Donald Trump was going to go to Georgia and I think that's where he uh, first unveiled his I don't know 500 billion dollar plan to help out black America which my my understanding is somehow based at least in part on his conversations that he had with Ice Cube so the way it looks to me based on all of these things that are largely unrelated as I string them together is Ice Cube sat down with Donald Trump only because he could not sit down with the Biden administration because they wouldn't grant him an audience until after the election. 
um, Ice Cube was able to get off some of his ideas. Trump used them in the same way that he used the the photo ops and so forth to kind of bolster his um, his speech going into uh, Atlanta, where there's a huge black population to effectively try to convert some folks who black folks who might have been on the fence by speaking to black issues with a dollar sign attached to his message. Um, And so I see Donald Trump using Ice Cube. I see Ice Cube certainly uh, kind of falling for the the, the okie doke, the same one that Kanye and, you know, you've seen that picture of all the people praying for Donald Trump in the Oval Office and all this, all these sorts of things where it's just, you know, this dude in any event, (laughs) I don't want to get too deep into it anyway. Um, so I see, uh, ice cube sort of falling in that same cycle. Um, but after watching him say his piece, I do kind of feel like he was well-intentioned and I do feel like ice cube was, because you got to think it takes time to put together, you know, a plan like that takes time and then to work on, you know, whatever. And then worst case scenario, if now I'm not defending ice cube at all. You know me and everybody listening knows me. I'm not trying to sit down with nobody even remotely close to that man. But um, worst case scenario, if Donald Trump wins this election or otherwise refuses to, um, you know, whatever. Ice Cube has put some paperwork in front of him that he can refer to um, if, you know, the streets get get rowdy after this election you know he can start you know what i mean there's a framework there because donald trump has not lived a black life has no idea what issues affect black folks um he, he what does he say what have you got to lose what does he say i'm the best president yeah, since Lincoln. That, what is he you know i'm so, the, so nearsighted listen so out this of is, touch this is the problem once donald trump wins right if that's the outcome mm-hmm. he doesn't need black support anymore so he has no incentive to see anything through that he told Ice Cube that he might or might not do sure. with regard to black people. It's not it's not happening. Right. You guys act like he wasn't just the president. He's not the president <laughs> right now. He's running ads about the, this America that Joe Biden's going to have us living in using footage of the America that he has us living in. Like at some point, we can't be simpletons. Ice Cube, you're too intelligent. To believe that this man's going to honor anything that doesn't serve him. Pretending that he cares to get reelected, sure. But he's not going to win and they say, okay, I'm the second term president. Now let's build that now, wall. <laughs> let's, now let's get these black folks together. Now let's help these black people. Let's get them kids out of them cages. Let's, you know, now. Nah. He's, he's not going to not need our support at all anymore and then do all this good stuff. He knew he was going to run again. So he could have spent his entire listen, I don't like dude at all, period. And I know that it's not as an intelligent person, you shouldn't have a stance that you can't be moved off of with better information. The, the trouble is, I'm certain that there's not going to be any better information. He's not going to change. He's not going to improve. He's not going to do anything any different. Right? right? So Ice Cube's too intelligent of a person to feel like he was going to bring something to this president who 
he could have auditioned for us this whole four years. I'm with you, right? Biden is not the incumbent. So he has to say, hey, man, I'm trying to win this. It's like if I was a DJ trying to get Ramses to hire me. But Ramses is still trying to get a liquor license and permits from a city to have a club. Hey, look, bro, I would love to hire you. I just don't have no club yet. So as soon as I get a club, let's sit down. Let's get it cracking. And then there's this other guy who has a club who's made it clear. I'm never hiring nobody black, sir, ever. Matter of fact, let me do all I can to not just not hire you, but to make life harder for you. Me saying, okay, since Rams has got to wait until he get his club, let me go over here and not just sit down with this guy, but put myself in a position where this guy can put his arms around me and use me as a prop to further his own cause. You're smarter than that. And forgive me if I get riled up by it, but I know too many intelligent people that are allowing misinformation and short-sightedness and selfishness to cause them to see this thing as non-binary. Don't vote for Kanye. How about that? The world is round. How about that? If your ancestors come from Africa, you're black. Anyway, um, I want to talk about moving on. Uh, and and thank you, everyone uh, who listens every week to Civic Cipher. Uh, it, it really does matter to us. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward. And we now are going to discuss... Walter Wallace Jr., um, as of today, the latest name in the endless list of names of melanated folks who have lost their lives at the hands of excitable police, terrified, fearful police. These guys are supposed to be brave, right? Heroes, even. Sure. Um, anyway, so um, I don't know all the details. Um, and I understand what that's like when you have a platform like this and you're able to reach lots of people and you don't have all the details. But most of us don't have all the details because there's an investigation going on. But what we do know is what we saw from the video and what was told from the folks who were on the scene. And so if you're not familiar with Walter Wallace Jr., this is one video I'm going to tell you to watch but use your discretion because you're going to see a human being executed in the street. Um, that's not the sort of thing that I am comfortable watching anymore. Um, but the, the circumstances surrounding the video are as follows, uh, at least to the best of my knowledge. Um, Walter Wallace Jr. was... Um, he, he suffered from a mental illness, he had a, a mental condition. It's really, really creepy to hear you speak about him in the past tense. Yeah, I, did, I never got to talk about him when he was alive. Man. That's, that's the way it goes over here. So, His mom, I want to say, calls the police to get the police to show up, help her out, you know, whatever the case is. And he has a knife. Now, I don't know if... I, I know someone who has a history with cutting himself. Um, a very close friend of mine. Uh, I, in fact, I know a couple of folks, but certainly this one person is a very close friend of mine. And, and sometimes will have a blade nearby, and it makes me very nervous. Um, because in the past, he suffered from that. But that's that doesn't matter. So this guy has a blade, and the, the police show up on a mental health or mental breakdown phone call um and then the video 
picks up. And what you see is a woman, um, I presume to be his mother, screaming and running around in the streets. And you see the, the police circling a car. And then you see uh, Walter Wallace Jr. circling the same car on the opposite side. Um, and he's holding a knife. I, I couldn't really make out a knife clearly in the video, but uh, you hear them talking about, you know, him having a knife and dropped the knife and that sort of thing. And he walks out from in between the car. Now the cops are standing in the street. And he starts walking toward the police officers. Um, and And what I saw in the video, he's not running at them. He's not... He doesn't have the knife in a, in a position where he's going to cause harm. It's just kind of in his hand, and he's walking toward them. The police are a good 10, 12 feet away from him. So they're in no imminent danger. And then you hear, I think it was as high as 13 shots rang out, and then his body falls into the street. So um, some of the early questions uh, that were asked were... Was that necessary? Um, did they try tasers? Um, you know, non-lethal means, you know, where this human being could still be alive and not executed in front of his mother, who called the police to help, not to end his life. Um, and so we'll leave that there. And I want to get your thoughts. I'll add my own. There's a reason why. They murder us. We're less of a liability dead. And I want you to digest that. We're more of a liability if they just tase us. They shoot us with rubber bullets if they beat us up. Because then we can talk. We can tell our story. We can give context. We can give nuance. We can give evidence towards their wrongdoings we can add color to a picture that they would rather be black and white he was bad we were scared he he posed harm to us in 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 defense of ourselves we killed him now who i am doesn't matter i don't get to tell my story i don't i don't get to say what actually happened that day and our lives In case you're wondering why we say it every day now, don't matter to them. Because even when they murder us on camera, they get paid leave and at worst reassignment. I think that's what happened when the the officers that shot him, they're on leave until the first part of the year paid. And our country, our states and our cities have made... Legal deals with their unions To make all of this stuff so So A lot of folks um, On the opposite side of this conversation Say What they normally say If he had just complied um, He'd still be around Um, And they would say, well, you have to listen to the police because if the police feel threatened, they have a right to defend themselves. They're doing their job and they shouldn't be exposed to 
the pro the the prospect of or the potential for death, and that's why they have weapons so that they can defend themselves and defend the defenseless. Um, and so I want to speak to those folks who have that uh, mindset. If you have a well, you know what? Let's start here. If you just change the colors, then everything falls into place a lot more easily. So if uh, Walter Wallace Jr. was a white, you know, teenager um, having an, a, a mental breakdown, police showed up on a mental breakdown call, and he has a knife, he's 10 feet away from you. Um, in my mind, I don't see the police ending that person's life. If someone's coming at you with a knife and you have a gun and you are there to preserve and protect life and you are really the hero, as you as you put it earlier, and you are really brave and so forth, you can take a few steps back. You can shout some more commands. There's an endless, a human life is so precious, it's irreplaceable, and it's so easily snuffed out. And you don't and you don't only have a gun. Especially when they're black and that that too, that part, because, um, you know, there's you know, that there's police that will spend hours negotiating hostage situations, hours talking people off of ledges, hours and hours and hours. But be black and have a mental breakdown, want to kill yourself, maybe, you know, we'll never know. As you said, he's, he's not around to tell his story. Why was he walking around with a knife? I don't think that any sane person gets a knife and walks to police with guns drawn on them on him uh, with the intention of winning a fight. And then the problem tends to be with us. The, the counter argument is that we've seen the same video footage of white men with doing the same thing. Yeah. Assault rifles oh, with yeah. guns attacking cops, running, lunging, jumping toward and on cops and not being killed. So we know that they're capable. Oh, yeah. They're just so scared and this is why it's really hard for folks like me to really look at police like they're heroes i do respect the fact that they have a job to do um yeah, but I, you have to apply for that job and you have to test for that job sure and you have to interview for that job i'm telling you as someone who's done all of the above mm -hmm. you have to show an aptitude you have to convince a board of police officers that you're capable of doing the job you have to pass a background check. There's a lot of steps. So they're not being drafted into this position and then just having to figure it out. So when we hear about how hard their job is, sure. But they signed up for it. Some of them are paid handsomely to do it. And if the job itself presents too much stress, you shouldn't do the job. There's no police draft. Not only do you have to go after the job, but it's not an easy job to get relatively to, you know, the manager at Target. It's an easy job to get relative to police or police forces in other countries and other developed countries. The, 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 the minimums you have to meet to get those jobs far exceed ours. But you have to go through some steps to get that job. And if you voluntarily go through all you have to do, then don't come and tell us you're killing us because... The job is too much. You're stressed out. And you're yeah, afraid. go do something yeah. else, sir. Because yeah. when I'm afraid, 
you're the person that I'm going to call. And as much as we, as much as we march, and as much as when something happens, we all still dial nine one one. All of us, even the police. <laughs> so I shouldn't have to worry about calling you for help and then never seeing my family again, which is in essence what happens here. Yeah. His mother called for help. She didn't call and say, hey, come get this guy off of me. And even if she did, then just come get this guy off of her. Don't come murder her son. Even if he's a bad guy, don't come murder her son. Yeah, you're a police officer, not an executioner. Yeah. So, well, um, let me paint a, a little bit more of this picture, though. Because, again, there's folks that, that will say, and, and well-intentioned as they, as they may be, that, you know, if you just do what the police say, everything will work out. Wish that was true. First off, that is a truth that holds up in more often in instances where the the person interacting with police is less melanated. Perhaps the less melanated, the the more likely that is to be true. Um, but there is something to be said about. We'll, we'll take a, a special type of person in this instance. We'll take a white woman at, for this example. And let's call her 26 years old, right? Uh, an American citizen, the same as anyone else, um, capable of anything that anyone else is doing. You know, women can do everything men can do. And, you know, there's nothing crazy here. Just in this example, there's a 26-year-old woman. Um, if she feels like the police are... Treating her unfairly. Um, and she throws a fit about it. She throws, literally throws food at an officer, or tries to hit or, you know, cries, screams, you know, whatever. Um, people look at that and they say, ha ha ha, that's funny. Of course, she's going to get arrested, you know, whatever. And that's the end of it. No one says, well, you know, she should have done what the officer said you know you, you know because there are some instances where people are able to protest an unjust arrest even if it's only unjust in their mind right um and the police is there actually that. a such thing as what an unjust arrest um sure you know I, the police are not all saints we know that oh no i know that on paper there is but i'm wondering if it, if there's actually ever <laughs> if they actually ever see it that way oh yeah yeah no no i i know what you're saying well you know when, like when the police are their own witnesses so watch this imagine you know you and i we got pulled over in mississippi if we had said everything to those officers that we said in the episode of civic cipher that we did that would be asinine that would be crazy that would be like us shooting ourselves in our own foot because we're black, if we're 26-year-old white women, we could say it all, you know, and it'll be fine. But I think that there's this idea that exists um, in a lot of folks' mind uh, when it comes to black folks getting mistreated by the police, where if you just do what the police say, then you'll be okay. And what I'm saying is that if a 26-year-old white woman is able to stand up for herself to stand up uh, for her own dignity, her self-worth, whatever the case is, and say, no, you're wrong, what you're doing is wrong, 
et cetera, et cetera, even if she's wrong, if she's able to stand up and do it, then if a black person does the same thing, that's, that's like pretty close to a death sentence in most cases, you know, if, if not an outright death sentence. You know, you, you're supposed to do what these people say or die. And I think that considering the optics and considering those dynamics helps you to understand that people's natural impulse is to stand up uh, to, to demand dignity. Um, if you're hurting someone, their body's natural tendency is to react to the pain. You're twisting my arm, so if I'm twisting to get away from you, because it's, it's an involuntary action that my body's taking. My nervous system is responding to this pain. But the officer will then say, oftentimes if you're black, you're, you're resisting. resisting. Thank you. And if you're resisting, then that's a charge. And if somehow you have a little bit more strength than the officer, be, or the officer is a little too scared, whatever Don't the case you is, dare. And you're, it's, a, it's, an, it's a, 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 a nervous system response, you know? Um, if the officer gets hurt or anything like that, then now you've um, assaulted an officer, et cetera, and on and on and on. And at any point, if the officer feels afraid, like we saw in, uh, in, in Georgia where the guy was sleeping in the, in the driveway at the, um, I forget his name, but he was sleeping in the driveway at the Wendy's, I want to say. Yeah. And he, he was drinking. He pulled over. He was drunk, rather. He pulled over his car, went to sleep in the, in the uh, driveway or in the drive-thru or the parking lot, whatever it was. Police showed up and he was talking to the police and it was fine. The police, as soon as they say they're going to arrest him, this guy's drunk. He's out of his mind drunk, right? He's having a conversation, but he's not thinking with all of his faculties. And he turns around and tries to run away. Now, this guy's not fast at all. At no point is, the, is it even scary. And the police shoot him in the back. <laughs> they're so afraid of him running away from them. And if you just look, if you took a day out of your life, if you are of this persuasion, if you took a day out of your life and looked into how many times police shoot black people in the back and they lose their life, I'm sure that it will help you reframe that conversation around something that's a bit more factual. But with that said, we are now at the end of another episode of Civic Cipher. So, um, once again, I'm Ramses Ja. And I am Q Ward. And if you want to keep up with us during the week, you can do so at Ramses Ja. And I am Q Ward. Or uh, follow the show at Civic Cipher on all social media. And, of course, you can submit questions, topics, and donate at CivicCypher.com. All your donations are appreciated. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, peace.